This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Wednesday, August 10th, 2022. I'm one of your host, Blessing Adioye Jr. Joining me is host of PS I Love You XOXO, Greg Miller. Blessing, how are you this fantastic Wednesday? Greg, I'm doing very good. You, you seem like you're in good spirits. What's up? I'm always in good spirits. Always in good spirits around here. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just having a good day. We got a Cult of Lamb review up. Everybody likes that. We got a new X cast up. Everybody likes that. We just announced we're doing this Rumbleverse stream. Everybody likes that. Uh, tonight, we got a babysitter. Jen and I are going on a date. We're going to go see Nope. Oh, exactly. oh. How are you feeling about Nope? Are you excited to watch it? I can't wait. Yeah, you know, I love Jordan Peele. Uh, and, you know, I know initial reactions seemed mixed from the kind of yeah. funny crew when they came out of it. But it seems uh, it like seems it just... Mixed everywhere like even within right. my friend groups i'm like oh yeah i love nope and my friend uh, sarah recently was like i hated that movie and i've seen it be everywhere on the spectrum for it see i'm interested i know little to nothing about it but i know that the takeaway it seemed when people walked out from our group was oh it's more sci-fi than horror so i feel like going in knowing that i feel like i'll be all right and obviously it's about aliens and shit or so it would seem so like i'm cool i'm in yeah no, I, I I think you'll like it. For what I know about what you, how, like, the kind of movies that you enjoy. You know what a sick fuck I am. Yeah, yeah. And it's, I feel like it's the kind of sick fuck movie that you would enjoy. Good. And it has That's enough good. horror there, too. And I know you're, you like, you like horror uh, sometimes. And I feel like it has enough the, of that. Oh, in sometimes there. don't do that. Don't take away. I know you're like, don't, don't contest my fucking King of Halloween shit and then also yeah. just shit on my love of horror movies. I mean, Barrett, it's, 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 I'm Barrett, just saying, like, pick it's, what you're about to do very carefully, Barrett. Pick the words carefully. All right, let me let me let me rethink it. Uh, yeah, I just think like you know, if you were like a true Halloween fan, you'd be more into horror. And I just I don't really think I've heard you talk about it a lot. You know who I do hear a lot about uh, horror from though is the the true King of Halloween, Blessing Eddie Oye Jr. Let me tell you about one of my favorite movie franchises, Ghostbusters. All right, <laughs> this this movie franchise has ghosts in it. It's got busters in it. I fucking love it. It's Name scary, the four too. Ghostbusters in the original film. Wait, what was that? What was that? Name the original four Ghostbusters. The original four. Uh, Bill Murray. No, no, the characters. I don't want the actors. Oh man, I'm sure one of them's named Bob. Is Bob one of them? <laughs> oh, is this the same? Is this? Oh, that was that Billy or Bob that like barbecue? I can't remember. Bacon. Oh yeah, I was I think bacon. about it. Bacon. I was wrong. All <laughs> bacon, right, bacon, bacon Billy. Billy. Yeah, he appears in a lot of my favorite fiction. If you don't know Bacon Billy, you got to go watch our Cult of Lamb review up right now as a Gamescast. Now, Greg, can I tell you, speaking of kind of funny shows, I'm very yeah. excited about our PS Love You XOXO that we're doing, that we're recording tomorrow that's going up for everybody on Friday. Of course, of that's going to be the indie bracket. As a, I guess not a surprise, but like peek behind the, the curtain. We've already made the bracket. Like, when are you, you know sharing that? Is. You asked yesterday if you could share, if you should share it. I said, yeah. And then, uh, I, mean, I, I Ro Roger's right going to... Roger's gonna tweet it later today. We can share it right now. Do a world world premiere on the show. World, world premiere. So again, world ladies premiere. and gentlemen, tomorrow we are recording. PSL love you. XOXO. The bracket of sixty four games define the indie darling 
on the PlayStation, through all the generations of the PlayStation. PlayStation's best in the darling. Uh, of course, you need to be there. Patreon.com slash games while we record live at 1 p.m. The, uh, Pacific time. Because if so, you'll be involved in the polls then when we get to where me, Janet, and uh, 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 what's your name? Me. Blessing. Blessing. Blessing can't come up to. Oh, yeah. Forbes 30 or 30. Uh, yeah, can't right. come up with a, a victory, a winner. So I'm, we'll have to I'm be there so to sad this. I'm missing this one. I, I love. I'm the, sad you're missing have, this one, too. We haven't done a bracket in such a long time, and I, I, I love the bracket episode. Now, blessing. Let me start. Let me start from the top, right in the live chat. Bander SN, Kina versus Sifu. What the fuck, lol? How did how did you organize the bracket? Well, the random seating was such a big hit last time around when we did a big hit. Listen, the best PlayStation to thumb you in the eye and get you mad, chat, and look at you taking the bait, Bander SN. Can you put it back up? I mean, here's the thing. Kina's getting knocked out round one, no matter what. Because no it wasn't that great of a game. Yeah, it was like very okay, okay. let's calm down. No, no, no. Kano was great. Kano was a it, very great video It was game. a great PS2 game. It was it's a un- great PS2 game. It's unfortunate that it's going up against Sifu. But also, there are quite a few. Like, I remember last time around, people were pissed off about Kratos versus, I think it was Kratos versus Solid Snake in the first round. People were really mad about that. There yeah, are that quite a, a few ones here that are breaking my heart. Even the first one uh, on in the circle bracket over here, the Forgotten City versus Dead Cells, that Dead one breaks Cells. my heart. That one breaks my heart. Beat Saber There's a couple of them on the Death's Door. Oh, that's rough. Yeah, Beat Saber versus Death's Door it breaks my heart, and I know I feel like I'm going to be outnumbered on that one when we get. If you guys it. don't like it, take it up with God because God made this happen, or the devil, the indie, the indie guys. Now, now the one that I think is going to be most Telltale, Telltale Walking Dead versus Hollow Knight. Yikes! Now, but we know who's going to win that one between us. We sure do, and it's unfortunate because people are going to hate us for that. But there's one, them. <laughs> there's one more bear. If you can throw it up one more time. Get their there's own one goddamn PlayStation show. Similar thing. Bander SN says, Greg's been bullying me all week. You're timed out. I don't want to hear that. Goddamn, Greg. The one that I can't wait to see the responses for once we actually tweet it out is Inside versus Outer Wilds. Because those are, I think, two. Uh, uh, if you're talking about critical reception in the last decade of indies, those might be top two right there. Inside yeah, and Outer Wilds. Yeah, but one deserves its praise and the other doesn't. I'm so it's curious. It's a fucking flying tree. About. Get out of here. Nobody cares. Flying tree. Are you talking about Outer Wilds? Yeah. Damn. Andy Cortez is not going to like that. He should get his own PlayStation podcast. It's true. Andy I mean, Cortez. start one yesterday. Andy Cortez and I have a weekly meeting, right? And all, you know, people are kind of funny. have a weekly meeting with a manager or whatever. I got showed up to the weekly meeting today. No Andy Cortez. After five minutes, I give him the text. Hey, I think you forgot. We should do this. And then he, then he, sl- he has the nerve to slack me. I'm on vacation. He is. He left for the airport like an hour and a half ago or something. He has the and that's fine. That's well and good. One week before, when I said, how's this date for your next weekly meeting? He went, sounds good. That's where the problem well, is, you, Barrett. You, you know that when you asked that question, he wasn't really listening. You know, Greg? He was like, not paying attention. Yeah, you got to ask him like two, two or three times. Now, were either of us listening? Because vacation was pretty clearly on the calendar. <laughs> we just signed the day. And we're like, good enough. I guess this will work out. <laughs> I will say I was uh, outside when uh, Andy was getting uh, picked up to go to the airport. And I just have to say, I was really thrown off by his Uber driver because he was a very <laughs> handsome man, and he looks like he just like like he's been up all night and he was like playing like a rock show. Like he looks like he was in a hair metal band, and he's just like an Uber driver. I was really thrown off by that. So uh, shout out to Barrett uh, giving uh, off like big like 
dad first date for his daughter or son just like yeah. at the blinds i mean <laughs> here's the thing here's the thing oh, man look, oh, look, picking up a handsome uber driver yeah <laughs> he's going on a nice date with a handsome uber driver like I, mean, here's, I get scared when my little uh my little boy goes out into the world okay he never even leaves his fucking bedroom okay so i get a little nervous and yeah i gotta i gotta check you out what uh who he's being picked up by all right i love getting picked up by uber drivers especially in, in sf because you never know what you're gonna get and I feel like at this point, there's a good percentage of Uber drivers that are out there driving Teslas. And I love it oh, because yeah. that's the only oh, time I'm ever, ever going to step step into a Tesla. Dude, there is nothing more humbling uh, when the Tesla pulls up and I'm like, I am riding in style. And then I go to it and I literally look like unfrozen caveman trying to get it. I'm like, how do I? I'm like, do you? I'm like talking to glass. I'm like, does the hand, do you hit a button? And they, like, he's like, no, push the handle. I'm like, I, oh, oh, okay, thank you. And then you're like, Grab Dude, it all awkwardly. If you, if you think getting in is hard, wait until you get out of the Tesla and you have to figure out that you have to press a button. Well, I've gotten out like, of them before. <laughs> how long did it take you the first? Because for me, yeah, it's been, he turned around. And, I mean, at that point, he had learned. He's like, oh, this this poor motherfucker has never been in a Tesla before. I got to tell him how to get out of this fucking thing. Because it's like a button that looks like it should uh, roll down the window. That's the button that you press to actually get out of the Tesla. <laughs> it took me so it took me embarrassingly, embarrassingly long to figure that out. But. Enough about Teslas, enough about this bracket. We'll talk about that tomorrow. For now, let's talk about today's stories, which include new Splatoon 3 details, new PS Plus premium titles, and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for Kind of Funny Games Daily. Remember, you can use Epic Creator Code Kind of Funny on all Epic Store and Epic in-game purchases like Rocket League and Fortnite to help support the channel. To be a part of the show, to patreon.com slash games or bronze members or above, get to write in. And silver members or above, get the show ad-free with the exclusive daily post-show. Housekeeping for you, our review of Cult of the Lamb is up right now as a Kind of Funny Games cast. Greg's beat it, Andy's beat it, and if that's not enough, we got some Inspired Me and PC and Multiverses impressions in that Woo. episode too. You can catch that right now on youtube.com slash games and listen on podcast services around the globe. And then speaking of youtube.com slash games, a new episode of the Kind of Funny X cast is up all about speculating whether or not Elden Ring could come to Game Pass, what games should have the Nemesis system, the answer is all of them, and more. <laughs> and then are you ready but then to it rumble? wouldn't be it wouldn't be special if everybody had the nemesis system save that well, for well, one no he, he, here greg i, I don't know man. i That's understand your higher. sentiment but then if every game had uh the nemesis system games just as a whole would be better I agree. It's I mean, every game has a dash of parry now. That's made games better overall. Right? Sure, sure. Has RPG console. elements are in every game as well. Yeah, put a nemesis system in every single game. Like I'm in I, Ollie, Ollie fucking, world. <laughs> I was gonna say I want to play Mario <laughs> Brothers. Hit a Goomba, and that oh Goomba thirty hours later comes back around. Mario, and like, <laughs> I remember you. You're the reason why I have this lump on my head. In World One One, you killed my wife and paralyzed <laughs> me, but I'm back. Kebabs, uh, Kebab says Tetris doesn't need a nemesis system. Are you telling me that the oh Tetrominoes I'm killing every time I clear a a, a a a line right? You don't think it would be fun to have those same dead little pieces come back and be like, I remember when you killed me. Like, that would be amazing. Oh, 100%. That would take Tetris from a 10 out of 10 to a 15 out of 10. Come to on. an 11. 
Hell yeah. Uh, are you ready to rumble? Friday, we're doing a sponsored rumble versus stream with a bunch of guests uh, from Iron Galaxy to talk about the launch of their Brawler Royale. Uh, come play with Greg and Mike in a private or in private kind of funny matches after KFGD at 11 a.m. Pacific time. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Frago Brady, Guy V, and the Saboteur. Today, we're brought to you by Chime and MeUndies, but we'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have six stories today. A Baker's Dozen! Starting with our number one, we got a Splatoon 3 Nintendo Direct. I am pulling from Ash Parish at The Verge. With Splatoon 3 right around the corner, Nintendo's released the most in-depth look at what to expect. The 30-minute long presentation covered everything from new weapons to new stages and even featured a rough roadmap for content updates post-launch. Splatoon 3 will feature some new weapons designed to assist in this uh, in this long-simmering color war. Uh, new to the game are bow-like weapons called Stringers that that spray paint in short bursts in a, in a Splatana wiper, a windshield wiper masquerading as a sword that lets you fling paint in wide arcs. When you're not playing, you can purchase all kind of clothing items to customize your character. Some items even come with special traits that do things like increase your run speed. They don't appear to be unlocked via microtransactions, and through a, uh, and through a special citizen of Splatsville, you can add any trait to your favorite piece of clothing. Splatoon 3 will, let you, uh, will also let you engage in turf war without spilling a single drop of paint. New to the game is a deck-building minigame called Table Turf Battle. In Table Turf Battle, you can collect over 150 cards that represent the many different weapons available in Splatoon 3. You can de deploy the cards on the battlefield, trying to take over as much of the arena with your color as possible. Details on Table Turf Battle are still a mystery, but you can, ch you can challenge the denizens of Splatsville to earn rewards. Splatfest, Splatoon's recurring online multiplayer event, also returns with a new broadcast team called Deep Cut. This time, instead of having only two colored teams to choose from, there will be three with a tricolor turf war uh, match to settle the Splatfest results. Prior to launch on September 9th, players will be able to download a demo of Splatoon 3 in advance of a special pre-launch Splatfest that will take place on August 27th. Greg, did you get to check out the Splatoon 3 Nintendo Direct? I sure did. You hit me up today and said, hey, this is going to be the top story. You should get off your ass and watch it. And I said, you know what, Bless? I'll get off my ass and I'll watch it and I'll get in there. And they went into the fucking weeds. <laughs> and then they're like, and now lobbies. And I'm like, oh my God. Okay. I know Andy's popping. I know Andy's excited about this. What did it do for you, Blessing? You're a Splatoon fan. I'm not a Splatoon fan, actually. That's you my are thing now, is, I, I think I might be now. That like, The thing is, this last year, as Splatoon 3 has been getting promoted more and more, Andy Cortez has been whispering into my ear. and He's been, he's been saying, hey, Bless. Hey, I'm Andy Cortez. I'm real cool. I got nice hair. And he's been also saying, hey, you should play. You should check out Splatoon 3. It might be your shit. Right? He's surprised that I'm already not a fan of Splatoon. And it for does me, seem right? extremely your shit. I thought for sure you were already into this. I, I get that a lot. And I and I honestly don't know what it's been that hasn't uh, it's because led you're to a Nier Automata fan, you know? It's just a, mm. We know what the kind of game There's not enough is. butts and eye patches in this for your taste. Huh? I understand. But they do have, like, fun colors and guns. <laughs> I like those things in video games. And so... <laughs> I think for me, it goes back to the original Splatoon releasing on Wii U and me not having mm. Wii U, like most of us. Uh, and then Splatoon 2 coming out for Switch. But at that point, me just not giving a fuck, right? Like, sure. I, I remember it vividly in 2017, right? The, the launch year of the Switch, a very special year. Me being so into Breath of the Wild. Me being so into Mario Odyssey. Me trying out arms and going, oh, man, this is not it. And then also me just riding off Splatoon because I saw it as this Wii U game that 
was cutesy that like you know had these competitive bits to it but like even for competitive games i feel like i was more and i've i've been more of a oh no give me i'll play an actual shooter right like i'll play a call of duty or an apex legends even though that wasn't out at, at the time like competitive games for me needed to be a little bit more hardcore and at least feel like something that has like a really really strong competitive edge to it i never saw splatoon as being that leading into this one right paying more attention to it being more open to it especially after playing games like knockout city which i feel like invoke a lot of what splatoon has in energy 100%. what watching this splatoon nintendo direct i'm all in i really want to get uh want to try and get into this game because it seems like they're treating it more like an ongoing game than any other Nintendo game I've For seen sure. in the past, right? Mm -hmm. They're announcing and they're showing off um, uh, like Battle Pass adjacent systems. They don't use the term Battle Pass. And I, don't, I don't think they're really leading into the Battle Pass aspect, but they're talking about, hey, we're, ha we're having catalogs in this game every three months, right? That are updating with new items and all these things that you can unlock. Hey, we have um, a uh, roadmap for what drops in this game will look like right i know the splat fest i've been a thing in the past um and they've really promoted that as a hey every few months or every now and then we're gonna have this event where people can jump in and you know fight for whatever their favorite condiment is or like whatever the dumb you know yep. x versus y scenario which is a great idea in. and honestly harkens back so much to the old Wii. remember the Wii program that was like you vote I remember having a lot of fun with that, where there was a Wii app or whatever you want to call them. That was you just went in and voted every week. I loved when they added that to Splatoon and seeing people bicker and them come up with yeah, as a hot dog a sandwich or whatever on it. Yeah, but then even just talking, you know, outside of the ongoing uh, game update stuff, which they they detailed pretty well, especially for what we know about Nintendo and how how a lot of the times they can muck this kind of thing up. Looking at just the new weapons that they're adding, you know, like. They showed up. I talked about the Splatanas uh, that they show off in the, that they um, write about in the story. Actually, seeing that in action in the video had me like, oh shit, this looks really fun, let alone the different kinds of rocket launcher type paint weapons they have, right? The shotgun type paint weapons they have. The, the different assortment of weapons screams to me of, oh yeah, like this is. Like this is your type of shit. This is the type of the, the the kind of creativity you want out of something like this, right? It reminds me of a Ratchet and Clank. It reminds me of Ratchet Deadlocked, which, if you remember, it was the PS2 arena-based Ratchet game where you're going through, you know, playing multiplayer and having these wacky weapons that you're going through and doing these different types of attacks with. Splatoon seems to be nailing all those things. And watching this 30-minute direct, the whole time I was like. Damn, no, I love the energy of they're this. They're speaking to you, right? Yeah. They're, yeah, they're they're speaking to me. And so for me, this was the direct that has sold me on checking out Splatoon 3, actually. So it all works out in the end, exactly what they wanted. You, yeah. you listened, it got you, and here they are. And, and again, putting it on the Switch, the install base of that, having you surrounded by Andy Cortez, who's so into it, like that's what people are looking for, right? They're looking for an audience, a game, and then like, you know, friends to go play it with. 100%. And, and it seems like in terms of content too, they're jam packing it, right? Like you got the Splatfest, you got the, um, there, there's a horde mode. I forget what it's called, counterfoot.com slash you're wrong, but you're wrong. But there's a horde mode in there. There's also, I believe there's also like single player PVE stuff. And Greg, I know you, I'm sure the, the multiplayer stuff doesn't appeal to you as much. Did the single player, or does the single player stuff do anything for you? No, Splatoon's always been one that I look at and I go, oh, I see why people would like that. And I remember Splatoon 1 I, I tinkered with, I think, at IGN, or was it kind of funny? I forget when it came out. Uh, and I got it and I saw it and it was like, okay, cool. It's just, it, none, nothing about it speaks to me where I'm like, that's where I want to go invest my time in, right? And like, mm -hmm. just in general, like, it's colorful and I like that part of it. But outside of it, like, I'm just not connected to the world and mechanics or anything about it. Gotcha. Well, then, like, with Splatoon 3 coming out, 
this fall, right? Me being high for it with Pokemon coming out this fall. Woo! And then with like the, the very few Switch games that I feel like are announced coming out on the horizon, right? We have Breath of the Wild 2, or excuse me, the sequel to The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Bear Courtney right? fired up. He was, he was mad as a pig in a china shop the other day about that one. I'll tell you I, I honestly didn't think I about it until tweeted, I saw that I just tweet. tweeted because I was just thinking about it. We were recording Xcast uh, yesterday and we were talking about our most anticipated delayed games because every game is getting delayed, right? Um, and Gary had brought up Breath of the Wild 2. And it was just like that moment where it's like, damn, they announced this, what, three years ago? And we still don't know this name. <laughs> and we uh, don't like that. I mean, I was thinking about it. I was like, where is the next Zelda title? Like, is it going to be called Death of the Wild? Like, what, just tell me. Um, but with us being at where we're at with the Switch, which is, you know, this fall seeming to be a pretty good fall. And then next year being, for me, like a lot of question marks outside of things like Breath of the Wild. Where are you at with the Switch? Like, are you, is it like, Still getting used in your home? Well, remember, is, is we there did a potential of being used? We did a Gamescast not too long about this, which was, are you still mm -hmm. in love with the Switch, right? And for me, nothing's really changed from there, where I love the Switch, but I would not say that I'm in love with the Switch. And I think there's so much that goes into that answer, right? That is just like... I obviously wasn't, obviously, because I'm totally weird, wasn't raised a Nintendo kid. I was a Sega kid, so I don't have that nostalgia factor for it. So there really aren't things that I look at, like the IP that everybody loves so much. Like, I obviously, I can uh, Mario is great and amazing, but like, I'm not like, oh, dying every time for a new Mario game comes out or something, I need to go do that way. And I love Zelda, but I'm waiting for Breath of the Wild too, right? So, no, my Switch has been sitting there for quite some time. I mean, I, I talked about it on uh, that Gamescast where, you know, I bought uh, the OLED, you know, that was a pre-order day it dropped, that it got delivered, and it was like, what, two days? I think we came back from the hospital with Ben, and there was an OLED Switch waiting here for it. And it's been charged, and it's been used a grand total of a couple of hours, nothing crazy. And I think part of that, of course, is that my Switch was my, hey, I'm traveling, I'm going to go do stuff there. And then I also think a part of it is, of course, uh, the rise in the quality and the ability of remote play, where now it is that thing where I think my Switch so used to be. The, the Steam Deck as well. Which is my other answer. It is right over here as well. Uh, but that's you a, you know, a newer one for me. But it is the idea that like, what I want my Switch for uh, is travel, and then I wasn't traveling. And then what I wanted my Switch for was uh being able to play the games i'm already playing and so my backbone and my playstation are doing that with my iphone and then obviously now that i have the steam deck you know i just reviewed cult of the lamb on that i played through mothman on that i i, I you know i took that i packed that on my trip to SummerSlam, and i was playing the games i was reviewing and then i was also you know going back and playing no mercy which i can't get on my switch like it is this thing that i love the switch i've had a great time with the switch i don't regret buying any of my switches and of course when breath of the wild 2 drops i'm gonna be all in the Pokemon uh, for this year, Scarlet, right? Like, I'm very interested in playing that and having a good time with that. Uh, whenever they decide to release Advance Wars, I'll be all about that. But it has been not eye-opening, but the Steam Deck's arrival has completely usurped what I was using my Switch for, which was those indie games that were going. You know, I have Loud loaded up on my Switch, I still, or my uh, Steam Deck, and I haven't played it. I have Hindsight loaded up on my uh, my Steam Deck, and I haven't started it yet. But they're there in the same way I would load up my Switch. But the difference is that so is any other major game I want to play. You know what I mean? Anything else I want to play that I want on the road or I want to have just you know, with me at all times, I can put on the Steam Deck too. Do you know what the word is with Advanced Wars? That was supposed to come out earlier in the year and that seemed to get No, delayed. remember, yeah. The idea was that that was getting ready to come out. That was all set to come out. And then Russia invaded Ukraine. And so mm -hmm. Nintendo was like, you know what? With everything going on, we won't put out this game that is about an invasion. And since then, we have not heard any update on when they'd be putting it out. Because, gotcha. again, that's 
that sucks, obviously, for uh, – well, I mean, that, that sounds like I'm boiling down. The invasion of <laughs> Ukraine oh, sucks. That sucks. That's fucking horrendous and horrible and, you know, fuck Russia for doing that, yada, yada, yada. It's also it, – but it just puts Nintendo into a shitty situation of like, well, uh, that situation's still completely screwed up, and how do we do that and be respectful, and what do we do with that? Gotcha. No, that makes sense. Craig, let's talk about a platform that you do play pretty regularly. Story number two, PS Plus Extra and premium titles have been announced. I'm pulling directly from the PlayStation blog. Today, we're happy to reveal August Games Catalog lineup for PlayStation Plus, which will be available to play for Extra and premium members on August 16th. It is headlined by three Yakuza games. You're getting Yakuza that's, 0, that's a lie. Yakuza Kiwami 1, Yakuza Kiwami 2. Wait, which part's a lie? Keep going. Uh, Dead by Daylight, Ghost Recon Wildlands, Bug Snacks, Metro Exodus, Trials of Mana, Everspace, Uno, Monopoly Madness, and Monopoly Plus. This is headlined by two Monopoly games, ladies and gentlemen. Mm. Monops is there uh, for you to go play. What are you waiting for? Uh, hmm. All right, mm. it's no Caneland, you know. No, oh, yeah, you're right. It is game. no Caneland. It it's the best board game of all time. You know what I mean? Everybody since then has been trying to catch the fire and the fever of Monopoly, and they haven't been able to do I'm it. I'm a part cheesy guy know, myself. You know? Have you played Settlers of Catan? I have played Settlers of Catan, actually. Nice try, buddy. Real good. I played Ticket to Ride as well. Don't try to come yeah, at Ticket me. Ticket to Ride sucks. Just like Monopoly. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sick of Monopoly. I'm sick of this game still having relevancy in 2022. Let's get it. Let's get rid of it. Let's no. bring Candyland back. This is Candyland for you. made for babies. Anyways, let's I know. I, I mean, I literally played it when I was a baby, and I was like, <laughs> I fucking love Candyland. I used to, I used to bust out that uh, my Candyland board game all the time to play yeah. with my sisters, and they were sick of it. They're like, "Yo, get this out of here!" And I only yeah. had that in Monopoly. I hated Monopoly. Mm, yeah. Too complicated for you, huh? As a child, yeah. As an adult, understandable. Nobody can agree on the rules. That's the problem. That's that is a big problem for Monopoly. Yeah. It's that and Uno, but I like Uno better. Uh, what does this month do for you? for ps plus oh hey man you know we knew about the yakuza games coming right so obviously great to still see, to see them actually be here everybody you know yakuza's beloved series if you've never played yakuza you need to play yakuza uh dead by daylight of course uh, a game people swear by it, i always went the friday 13th route but i understand why people love dead by daylight uh you know wildlands back in the day we had fun with bug snacks obviously a great game uh when we, you put this into the games daily slack today the one the only the roller skating, marathon running, game playing. Janet Garcia popped up and said, I am once again asking you to play Metro Exodus. Uh, like, there's a lot of great stuff on here, let alone Monopoly Plus, which, you know, there's a few things I would have changed about Monopoly Plus, but it is a, it is a, it's, hey, it's there to play. You want to play some Monopoly, go play Monopoly. Yeah. Now, what, do you know the difference between Monopoly Plus and Monopoly Madness? Thank you for asking very much. As an owner of the Monopoly family pack, I can tell you the difference. Remember, this is the thing. If you're thinking about buying, of course, you can play these with your thing right now. If you, if you're going to buy anything, I would tell you to buy the Monopoly family pack, which would give you uh, Monopoly Plus, My Monopoly, and Monopoly Deal all together. My, my Monopoly, you will see make an appearance eventually in the future when we're, whenever we're back to the studio, because that's where you can create your own custom boards, which is why I bought it, because I was going to make a kind of funny custom board, but then it turns out you can only play it locally with the custom board. Whole rigmarole, don't matter. Anyways, Monopoly Plus is what you're expecting. It's Monopoly. You know, it's animated, obviously, the things dancing on the board and whatever, ball, but it's Monopoly. It's a Monopoly board game. Monopoly Madness is one of their things of getting where they like for these millennials, they want to make it, you know, so monopoly can be digestible. Nobody wants to count. Nobody wants to have any fun. So I actually pulled up for your official description for monopoly madness. All right. Rediscover the pro rediscover the property trading game you love in a way you've never seen before. Mr. Monopoly is looking for a temporary stand-in while he takes a vacation. Get ready to engage in real-time competitive races to see who has what it takes to be Mr. Mono to take Mr. Monopoly's place. In this race for fame and fortune, the rules have changed slightly. 
No more bored. Roam the streets of Monopoly City to collect money, water, and electricity. <laughs> collect electricity. Okay. 20 new playable characters inspired by classic Monopoly tokens. Discover four unique environments. Uh, play with six friends online or locally and get power-ups from the community chests or use them to mess with your opponents to gain this. It kind of sounds like it might be uh, like Monopoly Party, like Mario Party. Oh, that sounds cool because Mario Party you... is a, definitely a better game. Well, I mean, video games are better than board games. Yes, that's well known. Same thing with card games. Same things with D&Ds and anything. Other. Video games are better than that. Give me the worst video game of all time. That's better than sitting there going, oh, my elf died. Uh, can you get me a trailer, Barrett? Can you get me a trailer for Monopoly Madness? Monopoly Madness. I was with you till you got to D&D. <laughs> I have dice all over the desk. I don't know where I put them. Let me roll again. I don't see what I got here. Oh. Oh no, Laura Bailey died. There, as you're pulling that up, right? Yeah, like, here we go. Here we go. This is uh, Monopoly Madness. Look at this guy sucking in the money. That's a dog, you know. Well, this is just a CG trailer. This came out. I don't know much about Monopoly Madness, so I maybe I will try it, you know, actually. You know, but yeah, maybe we play it on stream. Yeah, this looks like this looks like Mario Party. Yeah, no, I mean, I, oh, I you like are you are literally collecting the electricity. They weren't lying. Oh, and then you run back and buy the stuff. Interesting, interesting. Interesting that they have uh, you playing is like these a, cute little Mario Party and more of like a like a mobile type of situation. That's what the millennial kids love. You know that? It's true. I do love it. I can't get enough. Yeah, they're running all around the board. Is it, this seems different. I'm mad at it, though. I would give this a try. Just a try, though. Now, my I, I think this is a good PlayStation Plus extra um, collection. My beef with it is that there aren't any classic titles, which continues mm. my fear of us not getting regular updates for the PS1, PS2, PSP, PS3 catalog of PlayStation Plus. I mean, yeah. it doesn't need to be a fear, Bless. It just won't happen. It's such a missed opportunity. Like, why? Like, the catalog isn't great that you when have When you're right getting now. bangers like Monopoly Madness and Monopoly Plus, and why would you even worry And we have Toy Story 2 buzzed Lightyear to the <laughs> rescue, Bless. We have Ape Escape, which Ape Escape is actually pretty good, but uh, like the catalog is not good right now. Like the thing is, you know, we start off with a bad with a bad PlayStation Classic catalog, and I'm like, all right. The caveat there is probably that they're gonna do the Nintendo thing, which is you start at the ground floor and add things until the value is there. Right? That's what we've seen with uh, Nintendo Switch Online and the expansion pack with the with the Super Nintendo and NES catalogs. Eventually, they get there where all the things you 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 want and love end up on the catalog except for super mario rpg the fact that we started we, we started at the floor i feel like for playstation the classic ps plus premium uh titles for playstation yeah. uh and we've gotten nothing so far oh man that, that's, that's, that's such a bummer less actually before remember when sly cooper was on playstation now where's Sly cooper remember when, remember when Metal Gear solid 4 was on playstation now yeah i do that's how we streamed it do you think we ever get updates for this no Yes, but I think they're. I think they. I think they. They're thinking they're working with such a limited quantity of games that they are going to have to drip feed it and make her make it to be bigger deals. So we had hoped, obviously, yeah, maybe every maybe every month you get one or two or something. I think it's more likely something like every quarter, maybe every half a year, they do a big. Here's a whole bunch of stuff. I hope so, man. I hope so. For now, let's hop in. To the next news story, story number three, we got a Cult of the Lamb review roundup for you. 
right now, that game is sitting on Metacritic at an 84 and on OpenCritic at an 86. I'm going to start off with Christian Donlin at Eurogamer, who recommends it and says, what lifts it for me above a clever genre mashup and a sneaky blend of The Binding of Isaac and a clever, unashamed clicker like Forager is the art and the delicacy in the visual elements. The designs on the tarot cards uh, and the in the card backs themselves, a personal fascination of mine, are marvels, evocative and briskly captured, Ooh, like the best New Yorker cartoon. And whenever I drop into the roguelite bit and start moving through those rooms, each one suggests to me the, uh, to me of the stage uh, from a particularly evocative school play. Creepy witch huts, giant mushrooms with tea lights burning, burning away inside. Uh, you can tell the teachers really cared about the production of Hansel and Gretel. One set of rooms is entered by a doorway, which is itself knee-deep in gentle lapping water. There is a desire to build a world here that is genuinely transporting. And so, uh, and so I was duly transported. And then uh, Jessica Whoa, Howard. Real quick, are we talking about Christian Donlin here being the poet of our times? He's getting yeah, a picture out there, all right? Greg Miller, like, game good, play now. <laughs> Christian's like, let me pour a cup of tea and meet me in the vineyard. I have a story to tell you about this game. <laughs> That's I felt like I was reading there. Shakespeare. Uh, and then Jessica Howard at GameSpot gave it a 9 out of 10 and says, while a plethora of recent games might have might have more poignant things to say about death, Cult of the Lamb offers a fun and more lighthearted take on the subject, leaning more into chaotic nihilism. The bulk of its focus is instead on the acquisition and transfer of power, as well as how easy it is to lose it. Naturally, these themes take the game into some dark places, but it manages to do so without ever feeling like it's trying too hard to be edgy. All of these elements come together to solidify Cult of the Lamb as a standout title in both the roguelike and simulation genres, as well as a one-of-a-kind entry that exists in the middle of them. Whether you're exploring the dungeons or expanding your cult, the experience is enjoyable, challenging, and more than a bit demented. With how surprisingly dense each of these parts are, the fact the fact that all the pieces come together as smoothly as they do is a triumph. And then, of course, Greg Miller at Kind of Funny called it great. Uh, Barry, if you're able to play the TikTok. The Cult audience. of the Lamb is so great that after reviewing it on Steam, I think I'm going to replay this 4 out of 5 on PlayStation for trophies. An addictive roguelike mashed together with a detailed village sim, there is a lot going on in this game for massive monsters. The basics are simple. You go into four random dungeons to kill bad gods, each run randomly assigns you a weapon and superpower, and you rinse and repeat until you've cleansed the world for the one who waits. But back in your cult is where things get complicated in some great ways if you're into the whole demonic animal crossing thing. You recruit cult members, they worship you, and you get their devotion and faith as currencies to make you and your home base stronger. If that sounds like a hunky-dory situation, it's not. These aren't your villagers, these are your cattle. As you level up, you can make them work your fields, clean up poop, and basically be servants so that you can keep milking them for advantages in your cult HQ and your dungeon crawling experiences. When the mood strikes, you can sacrifice cultists for buffs to revive yourself in the battlefield or to use them as a food source for other cult members. There are layers and layers the Cult of the Lamp, and that's what made playing it so exciting. I never knew what enemy I'd find on the next run or what unholy ritual I was about to unlock. On top of that, I have to give the team credit for making the game as approachable as you want it to be. Sure, there are various difficulties, but you can also unlock summoning circles to turn followers into demonic sidekicks in battle and various other ways to enter a dungeon with an advantage if you want it or if you need it. I was challenged in this game, but I was never frustrated. My only gripe is that some of the cult busy work can keep you away from the fun for too long. Long, but I go in depth with this on the Kind of Funny Games cast review. For now, all you need to know is that Cult of the Lamb is. And there it is. There it was. Greg, how are you feeling about the the wider reception of Cult of the Lamb? Does it line up with, with your thoughts? 
Yeah, I think it's, uh, I you know, any, any game should be happy, obviously, with an open critic, 88 and 84. But, I mean, more importantly, I think, you know, a 9 from GameSpot, uh, 8 from IGN. Those are great scores to be bringing down. And the game's deserving of it. And I think that's what's so exciting about it is I think it's really cool to see Massive Monster have a hit on their hands. Obviously, this is a Devolver game, which, again, we always talk about, you know, there are certain games you look at, you're like, that's a Devolver game, right? And, like, you look at this one, and clearly this is a Devolver game because it's just that, twist on what you'd expect it to be of running a cult <laughs> of being a lamb that is out for revenge and serving basically, you know, the devil and working against all these other gods that have imprisoned the devil. Like it's a fun, uh, weird concept. The game does a great job of being twisted and fucked up, but not being horrific. If that makes sense. You know what I mean? I think that cutesy aesthetic it has and you being the lamb and all your followers being different, uh, you know, uh, animals or whatever and forms you can unlock and stuff like that, you know, distracts from the fact that it's like this cartoon world that you're then sacrificing people to in or you're eating people or having to kill your own followers or forcing people to eat poop like there's a whole yeah. bunch of it reminds me uh, yesterday during the review that you can catch right now youtube.com so it's kind of funny games uh i compared it to adult swim right in the way yeah. that you know it, it takes me back to like rick and morty or something like that where the fact that it's like it's you know it has this cartoon art style the fact that it's so over the top kind of takes away from how demented some of the content is and in yeah. fact it plays together with it which, um, which helps add the levity and helps make it funny and, enjoy and enjoyable even though you're doing sick things like making your uh, cultists eat each other's poop and then also maybe even eat each other um the funny thing is like you know this is one again i was waiting for reviews uh before i decided fully if i was going to dive all the way into it or not and after listening to you and andy talk about it the thing that has really sold me is the fact that it seems like it's what 16 to 20 hours long it's not a long video game which yeah it's how much I, you want to put into all that city stuff right because you can sit there and if you want to be meticulous animal crossing about it right like you can yeah. sit there and you can like really make the your world look the way you want it to look whereas i kind of like threw stuff down early on and then later was like oh this is kind of ugly but i don't care it's you know it's a cult warehouse who cares yeah like in my first you know i played six hours during the the preview build and the preview build i played they only let us play i believe the the first dungeon area of the game and so i pretty much finished that dungeon area and i was just tending to my cult right like uh managing building sleeping bags doing what doing the things to keep my cultists happy and in some cases maybe not as happy um but after a while i did feel like okay I see where this game is going. I see where it's taking me. I probably this is a game that probably wants me to play it for forty hours, and it seems like it has that option if you want it, right? If you want to continue to upkeep your your coal in your area and all that stuff. But the fact that if I wanted to, I could essentially mainline right to some extent and focus on the stuff that I might find more fun, which is the um, dungeon crawling, right? As long as I'm. Yeah. As, as long as I'm upkeeping my cult at the same time, I yeah, can yeah, mainline yeah. it and finish it in 16 hours. And I think that's that the biggest thing. Is there is post-game content where obviously you do double back to the dungeons. There's, re -re there's reasons to replay them. Uh, of course, there's hidden secrets that have been hinted at. And there is a roadmap coming for what's going to be added to the game. So it is like 16, 20 hours if you want to yeah, run through and beat the game. But there's obviously more for you if you want it. Now, this year, we've gotten what? We've gotten Sifu. Uh -huh. We've gotten Neon White stray i'll throw as dust falls in there where do you think cult of the lamb that. is gonna land in terms of the indie darling conversation by the end of the year i know i'm missing some games in there too of course of Chat, course you, you are yeah. them up if you, if you remember them rogue legacy 2 um, rogue legacy 2 yeah i think it's gonna be in the mix um i would say i would think out of what we're talking about right now it will be 
middle of the pack for most people. Like, I think you're going to, you, we already know that there was those people that put Stray as like, oh my God, like Stray was such an amazing experience for me, right? And you and I don't share that, but we can see why people see that. Mm-hmm. And then similarly, like, I think Rogue Legacy 2 such an incredible, amazing game too, that that had that early pop. It was out there too. Cult of the Lamb, I think, and it's, you know, it's just a prediction, right? Is going to be either, if we're, like if we were doing the um, in-review bracketing system, right? Like I would see it either being at like the bottom of the high tier or at the top of the middle middle tier, where it's going to be a game that I think so many people are going to connect with, but I think there's going to be so many other people look at it and go like, ah, well, it's not Hades, and I don't want to do the village thing, so I'm not really going to do that. Like it is this combination of a thing where you do need to enjoy both sides of it to actually really have a great time with it. And so I think that, you know, I talked about in the review, I, I do think you can neglect the cult more than the game might let on or this, that, and the other, and you could go do your thing, but It'll be interesting to see if the management sim side or the dungeon crawling side turns off the other side as fan base and keeps it out of the contention for that. Yeah, I, there's there's an interesting chat here from uh, Heiji Hayuga here uh, from chat that says, Cult of the Lamb is definitely the most approachable uh, of a lot of the indies you you listed, Bless. And I don't know if I agree with that. You know, I, Cult of the Lamb for me is a game that is straddling two genres in a way that it does make approachable, but in a way that I also think will alienate a portion of people too in the way that i think neon white does that as well right like neon white is a game that a lot of us love a lot but you know for a good portion of the audience a lot of people are skipping through the visual novel elements of it because i mean people just want to get into the action so go ahead jump jump in and i mean out of the games we just mentioned like uh how you go (laughs) cold lamb is definitely most approachable by what no stray is yeah, yeah you are a cat go be a cat <laughs> is it hard there's no con- no go be a cat like that's way more approachable than all right cool this is this done and i agree with you that as i, t- I pointed out in uh my tiktok we watched but then really go into with uh games cast like cult of lamb is super approachable like i do think that if you found uh hades to be too intimidating or too hard on the dungeon crawling side of it this is a great avenue for it because I think the difficulties are there, obviously, to make it as easy as you want it to be. But then the things you unlock in town make your runs easier and do all these different things to where really, as I put in my review, like I was never cha- I was challenged at times before I got a lot of the unlockables, but I was never frustrated. And I think that that would maintain for most gamers who would be interested into that thing. But I still think Stray's just jumping in and being able to do it is way, way more in line with like that's more approachable than any of these things. Yeah, like I, I would say, Cult of the Lamb, I would even put up, um, in maybe in the same category as a, either a Rogue Legacy two or even a a Sifu, just in the way that I think they're sp- they're speaking to such specific audiences, right? And I know people would go, oh, but Sifu is really hard. That's a really difficult game to play. Yeah, but I I think that audience pushes through that difficulty. Like I look at Tim Gettys, who you know Tim Gettys usually when it comes to hard action games like that, or even when it comes to I'll use like Souls as the example, right? Like Tim Getty sees Souls games and he's like, fuck no, that's not going to be enjoyable for me. But Sifu, he liked the gameplay, he liked the style and was able to push through it because he enjoyed that game so much. I do think that, I I think for a game like that, um, if you're part of that audience, there is going, that game is going to suck you in in the way that for Cult of the Lamb, it is, so far, it's been somewhat of a challenge for me to get more into it because of the sim elements, right? Like, that is going to speak more to other people than it will speak to me. And in that, it doesn't make it as approachable to me, right? And that's difficult. That's different from difficulty, obviously, right? Where Rogue Legacy 2, Sifu, way more difficult games, but 
I do think that there's a funneling of the audience that you have to get in there, right? When you're talking right. about a game being approachable. And I think it goes beyond difficulty. I think it goes into gameplay loop and how much that attracts you and like the different things that it's doing. And are you going to like the roguelite elements and the sim elements, right? Like that game is doing, Cult of Lamb is doing a lot of things that I think could push some people away. And then for the people that really dig that kind of gameplay, it's going to pull them in really hard. And I do think, you know, we talked about it uh, from our previews and then the reviews. Like, when you jump into Cult of Lamb, they do drop a lot of systems on you. And I do think playing the game, you figure it out and get going. But there are, like, multiple skill trees going on of, like, how you unlock things with your devotion, how you unlock things with the faith. What are you doing here? All right, I've gotten this chat, this piece that goes to this piece, and that unlocks this. Like, there's a lot going on that I do – I could see it, especially if you're like, oh – you love Animal Crossing, try this game. That would actually make it be like, oh, this is too much. This isn't what I want to do when you add on this other thing. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome a very <laughs> special guest to the call, maybe later, <laughs> uh, after this ad break, because I want to let you know about patreon.com slash games where you can go and get the show ad-free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors. No one. And The Rock means no one likes waiting on a paycheck. Especially, ladies and gentlemen, when you've got bills due. Good thing there's now Chime. Now you can get your paycheck up to two days early with direct deposit. That's up to two more days to save, pay bills, and generally just feel good about your money situation. Waiting for your money, never good. Getting your money in advance, great. Who wouldn't want that? Chime is more than about just getting paid early. It's also an award-winning mobile app, checking account, debit card, and optional savings account. So what are you waiting for? Hopefully not your paycheck. Get started with Chime today. Applying for a free account takes less than two minutes. Get started at Chime.com slash KF Games. That's Chime.com slash KF Games. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank or Stride Bank NA members FDIC. Early access to direct deposit funds depends on the payer. Where'd the sunglasses go? Chime.com slash KF Games. That's Chime.com slash KF Games. Have you heard about the legendary underwear brand that's taken the podcast world by storm? Famous for their buttery soft undies and bralettes, MeUndies loves podcasts just as much as you do. It's like they're made for you and you're made for them. You're made for each other. Now, of course, ladies and gentlemen, you know I love my MeUndies because they're the most comfortable underwear I've ever had and because they have great patterns. As the king of Halloween, my candy corn pair never fails to make me smile. Everyone knows MeUndies for their super soft undies and comfy bralettes, but did you know they also make other stuff? We're talking about durable, cushy socks that will make your feet sing. They even make hoodies for your dog so you can match every important person in your life. Available in sizes XS to 4XL and tons of colors and prints. Meundies has a great offer for my listeners. Any first-time purchasers can get 20% off plus free shipping and returns. To get 20% off your first order, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash kindoffunny. That's MeUndies.com slash kindoffunny. Story number four, we got another review roundup for you, this time for Marvel Spider-Man Remastered PC. Right now, that's sitting on Metacritic at an 84 and on OpenCritic at an 88. Dominic at the 6th Axis gave it a 9 out of 10 and says, The arrival of Marvel Spider-Man on PC brings one of PlayStation's signature stars to a new platform. It looks fantastic, plays well across a variety of setups, and is one of the best games of the last five years. It is, in other words, essential, though you might want to wait for it to go on sale. And then Rick Lane at PC. C Gamer gave it a 75 out of 100 and said, Oof. I was convinced 
that I'd struggle to play Marvel Spider-Man Remastered with a keyboard and mouse. The thrilling, web-swinging, and complex slugfests of Insomniac's open-world Spidey game feel so specifically tailored to a PlayStation controller that I couldn't imagine how anyone could feasibly translate it to the PC's traditional control scheme. Yet, not only is Spider-Man Remastered perfectly playable on keyboard and mouse, in some ways it's superior to the PS4 experience. Nonetheless, the control adaptation is undoubtedly the most impressive element of Nixus's port. In presentation, sadly, Spider-Man Remastered is not quite so masterful. The game undoubtedly benefits from unlocked frame rates, while the addition of DLSS lets you whack that sucker up to 4K and maintain... <laughs> Yo, and maintain, let's whack this sucker up! Let's whack this sucker up and maintain a blissfully smooth experience. But there are some ongoing issues with the game's ray-traced reflections, which look rather fuzzy in the game's many, <laughs> many puddles and glass windows. I should have read this from the top because that got me that caught me off guard the puddle uh conversation coming back a last minute patch i knew you has... fucking lied about those puddles you know <laughs> of course it's always the puddles that gets them a last minute patch has gone some way to fixing the issue however improving the performance and visual quality of both ray tracing uh dlss Marvel Spider-Man Remastered may not be as well-rounded an experience as Rocksteady's Arkham games, certainly City, and possibly Night 2. For, okay, right. first, we'll get back to that. Uh, right. But when you're swinging through Times Square in glorious sunshine as New York citizenry, citizenry uh, gazes agog at you from below, uh, well, it's a superhero high that even the caped crusader would struggle to beat. I don't like the comparison to Batman Arkham, because what are we all going to agree that Spider-Man games are just better than Batman games. No, they're not though. You, you like they just are. take the L, like I'm gonna hand you this L right here because they're not as good. Sorry, but they are. Right, what's you your argument? Swing Batman? What? Oh, the, the, the movement feels great. The open world is so well better designed than Arkham City's. I would say. Peter Parker's in what? it. He's Spider Cop. You do the same five crimes over and over again in each district. Arkham City was actually like designed and curated with its side missions and stuff. Blessing. You have no argument here. Hey, Greg Miller, I want you to weigh in. You're doing the. You're doing the. I'm gonna Don't lean back. Don't do the and let coward the kids fight thing, Greg. Greg. Greg is being a coward. Pick a side, Greg. Here's the thing: is I'm not being a coward. I just want you to know I'd never thought about it before. Really, mm. I never stopped to think, and so it's that thing where I don't want to come out guns blazing i don't want to come out half cocked all right i can sit here and i can talk shit about anime fans and splatoon fans all day long everybody knows i'm having a good guffaw you know what i mean but if i come out and i pick a side right now that's branded on me the rest of my life and i feel like i need to do this this is one of those where i need to sit down i need to go replay the batman games because of course there's recency bias right of like having just played miles and you know having just played uh remastered like i don't i don't feel like i can come in here and just say that definitively because what am i even grading on you know what i mean like off I mean, the top we, we of my head, I would say boss battles are better in the Batman games. Mm. Right? Mm. Remember that fucking Spider-Man? We were fighting Electro and Vulture. That wasn't fun. Remember was... when we fight the Shocker inside of a bank? That no. wasn't fun no. either. Remember all the I might, I might give you that. I might, I might give you boss battles for Arkham. Well, I mean, like, I mean, like yeah. that's uh, you know, it's kind of like. I mean, I, I, it's here's like what I'd say. Talking about you know Overall, the best burger of all time, like, and then comparing it to a chicken sandwich, like, it's like. Obviously, whatever. Overall combat, though, I'm giving it to Spider-Man. What? Oh, yeah. The wheel of gadgets you get as Peter Parker in that game? The, oh, the... Batman, known for his gadgets, doesn't have a wheel of gadgets in the Batman game. Yeah, but the wheel of gadgets in Spider-Man, I think, is more varied and fun and goofy. And I, I, I have a way better time with it. Yeah. And also, you get, like, the aerial the moves, the juggling. 
I'll give you the aerial the, stuff like that. That's very unique to ladies Spider-Man. and gentlemen. Welcome to the show guy. from the kind of funny X cast Paris Lily. He's played Spider-Man on PC. Yeah. Can I be the tiebreaker in this? Yeah, go can, for it, can, yeah. can I be the tiebreaker? You're wrong, Barrett. Spider-Man's better. And I love Batman, Probably. but Spider-Man's better. Somebody who's really like, for, like for, I'm, I'm handing both of you the L's now. You f- <laughs> oh God. People are saying I take an open world game with a like a very basic good enough Spider-Man story is better than God. Very basic good enough Spider-Man story? Yeah, that's a story we've seen like a a a lot before. Okay. Oh, the the poll in chat is very tight. It's oh man, I've I've never seen a Batman story where he's taking on fucking like Joker in Mister Freeze and his parents are dead. (laughs) Never seen that before. Paris Lily, you are a special guest, of course. You have gotten to check out Spider-Man on the PC. I want to hear your thoughts. Yeah, it was actually interesting when you were reading those reviews earlier because I, I mostly agree. Um, you know, PlayStation has been doing steadily updating it during the review process. So actually, this last one they dropped today, I need to check out because they fine-tune more as far as you can individually toggle the ray tracing settings. Um, you can toggle the crowd control, things like that to have some improvements. When I played on PC, I played using DualSense, had it plugged in via USB. And, uh, you know, hey, it felt just the same way as it did on the PlayStation 5, which is a good thing. But I played with the Xbox controller. And I have to say... Crossing streams. I kind of liked it. I think I liked it better. It it felt better to me. It it felt... It felt... It's it's weird, but I just gravitated towards that. Maybe it's because I'm on the XCast. I don't know. But I played with the Xbox controller. What a surprise. Yeah, shocker. But I had a good time with it. Either either control is fine. Shocker's and I think, actually a character in this game. Yeah, and I think that's the beauty of it. Uh, you can use different type of control types. I did not play mouse and keyboard. I didn't even think to do that. I was just like, I'm going to play with controller. But my overall experience with it, we all know the story. We all know how the combat works. But I played it 4K, ray tracing on. I had it locked at 60 frames. No, I mean, no issues on the PC. Now, the Steam Deck, different story. Um, while it was playable and I enjoyed it, there was definitely performance hiccups as I played on there. PlayStation did let us know again during the review process, they were updating that stuff. And I guess there was an up, the update that came out today may improve it. I haven't done that yet, but, um, I, I highly recommend people go check this out. If you've not played Spider-Man at all on the PS4, or the PS5, and this is your first time playing it, it's one of the best games ever made. I mean, I mean, I, for everything we argued about with Batman and all that, the combat in Spider-Man and the freedom that you have swinging through that city is just top notch. It just is. I, I, I adore it so much. So to get to experience it again on PC is fantastic. And I uh, can't wait for Miles Morales to do the same. Hell yeah. Yeah, Spider-Man is one of those games that for me is infinitely replayable. That's why I've been uh, so excited for it to come out on PC. And I, I've been wanting to play it on my Steam Deck specifically. But I had the exactly what you're talking about, uh, Paris, where the performance on Steam Deck isn't there all the way yet to where i'd like it to be to to re-experience the game like you mentioned it is playable but i i I think it could get better and i imagine that it will get better through updates at least that's what i'm hoping for that's what i got fingers crossed for um but yeah like i for anybody who hasn't played spider-man i highly recommend it uh what's that you you pulled up uh Uh, it was just the metacritic scores for arkham city and uh spider-man and you know arkham city interestingly in 96 and spider-man being in 87 you know big difference there Mm. Mm. 
Well, I would say the reviewers were stupider back then. You know what yeah. I mean? There was fewer of them. When you was that right, you literally reviewed Arkham City. <laughs> I'm just I'll, Barrett. I need to be crystal clear. Wait, wait, you're saying, I am, shut up. Shut up, Blessing. <laughs> shut your beautiful little face, all right? I'm not saying I'm not. I refuse to pick a side. This is a great conversation that I do think we should escalate to the games cast where we all do play. We can pick one and play him back. You know what I mean? Play a Batman game and back to back. What I, but I am legitimately saying, just to keep the record straight, that I do think there's more critics who are more critical these days than there were back then. I know that I'm the critic from back then, and I'm not saying I'm wrong about Arkham City. I'm just saying, and I'm not saying Arkham City is not a fantastic fucking game. I'm not stupid, all right? I'm just saying that for the sake of argument, so that when you win, Barrett, you still win the right way. Or when you win, Blessing, you win the right way. Well, we know what's going to win because, and of- uh, because we have a huge Marvel bias at this company. You know what I'm saying, Greg? I mean, yeah, first off, uh, Greg, Greg is the biggest Superman fan I know. Yeah. He's Besides gonna come down him and me, what about the rest of y'all? Well, maybe DC should Remember make some content. Remember when I had to fight the uphill battle right? Snyder Cut? Maybe that's DC's it, fault. It was awesome. <laughs> Listen, I like Teen Titans and Static Shock growing up, all right? Maybe they made those still. Tim's on another show, isn't he? No. I'd be in a better yeah, place he's on DC. screencast right now. If he's cool, he'll answer, and then it's a crossover show where the two shows oh, talk. Oh, 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 cross streams. But he hates doing fun. It's like stuff. Ghostbusters, blessing your favorite uh, movie. It is my favorite movie. I, I love Go- Bill Murray. I forget, have you not seen Ghostbusters? Is that the thing? Yeah, I've, I've, I've not seen Ghostbusters since like I was a kid. It was like blessing, on TV and shit. You come over. I'll buy a reasonable number of ciders this time, and we watch Ghostbusters. We start having movie I'm nights down. where we go through the Ghostbusters movies, not 2016. I'm 100 down. Which one is 2016? That's that's the Melissa McCarthy one. Uh, okay, okay. It's not canon. We have to worry about. Yeah, that sounds fun. I'm not going to do that. And also, to go back, right? Here's what we can all agree on. You know, Batman Arkham games, Spider-Man games, both wonderful games. Wonderful video games. They're all great. (laughs) But we will on the Gamescast. Come into a definitive decision, everybody. Except Miles Morales. I'm putting it in the Gamescast chat. Miles Morales, okay. It's okay. It's good. It's good. Miles Morales is is good. Spider-Man's game. Everybody shut up. Tim, it's Greg. You're on the Kind of Funny Games Daily. How are you? Greg, it's Tim. You're on a kind of funny screencast. How are you? Good. It, well, things have escalated quickly over here, and I'm calling you to tell you, as the host of the Gamescast, you need to plan a Gamescast where we decide which is better, Spider-Man, PS4 slash PS5 slash remaster, whatever you want to call it, uh, versus a Batman game of Barrett's choosing. He will pick one of them to pair it against, and we will go from there, and we have to decide which is better, okay? Oh, I, I love it. That's fantastic. Oh, I just so bad for Barrett. No, we're not. See, don't do that. Don't do that. You can't have see, the bias already. I don't even want to do it anymore now. The fucking see, now Marvel bias want to is already fucking showing. See, he's mad at you and he's yelling about the Marvel bias and everything Maybe else. DC should do better tell, work. Tell Nick Scarpino he sucks and I'll see you later. I will. All right, I bye. Will. There we go. That's how we get content done around here. It's just the fact that, like, um, Arkham City, you know, maybe I'll, I, I think there's an argument there. It's the fact that the article mentions Arkham Knight specifically, right? Po- possibly even maybe not as good as Arkham Knight also. It's like, what the right, what are you talking about? The Batmobile disqualifies Arkham Knight from any of Thank this discussion. You. Thank what? you. It was a horrible mechanic, and you know it. Everybody it's knows bad. it. It's it's very okay. It's serviceable. It's definitely the weakest part of that game. But then there's like an entire game around that one mechanic. That's not just that mechanic. That's fucking fantastic. Spider-Man was better. Thank you. All right. Paris, thank you so much for joining us. The, bat, thank you. the, the bat tank is undeniably bad. That was bad. Thank you, Paris, for being the voice of reason. Thank you, Story Tim. number five, Xbox have announced their Gamescom's plans. Uh, this is coming from Casey David Weir-Taylor at IGN. 
Xbox is back at Gamescom in Cologne, Germany this year, and it's released an official lineup and schedule. Plans include a six-hour live stream and insight into a number of previously uh, previously announced games. The Xbox booth at Gamescom live stream is a six-hour event that will take place on Thursday, August 25th, from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific time. The live stream will feature developer interviews as well as gameplay, but Xbox isn't indicating that there will be new announcements as part of the stream. The current incomplete list includes Microsoft Flight Simulator, Gunfire Reborn, uh, Sea of Thieves, Lies of P, High on Life, Grounded, Pentiment, A Plague Tale Requiem, Minecraft Legends, Planet of Lena, and Age of Empires 4. The Xbox booth itself will let attendees go hands-on with some of the latest games and updates from Xbox Game Studios, alongside demos of upcoming games like A Plague Tale Requiem and Pentiment. Xbox will be one of the biggest names at Gamescom, as PlayStation is skipping the Expo this year. There's not much to chew on off of this news story. I wanted to more so use it as a jumping off point for uh, opening night live, because that is usually where we get announcements and the exciting stuff out of Gamescom. Uh, Greg, seeing this list and thinking generally about what your anticipation is for opening night live, what is your hype levels for it? Mid. I, it's, it's my hype levels are, oh man, Jeff's doing something cool again. That's all. Like, I don't, I'm not expecting groundbreaking insane i mean there will be reveals i I just i wouldn't i'm not expecting the next naughty dog project to be revealed there right i'm not i'm not expecting xbox's next big exclusive to be revealed there i think it'll just be updates especially as we lead into like this is always your like last big stage before uh the rush of holiday right so this is more about doubling down to being like hey let us remind you why grounded is coming up in september and is going to be great and let's let's and i'm not I'm talking about xbox out there thing right but let's talk about yeah it was still line up of like here's another look at the last of us uh part one maybe maybe a trailer for ragnarok maybe you get something like that out of it that mm-hmm. could be cool i see that kind of stuff but i'm not i don't expect to be blown away but i expect to have fun yeah and i'm in i'm in a, a similar place right like i right now i just pulled up the everything they announced at last year's opening night live and it seems like the biggest announcement was saints row getting the reboot right and yeah. i think that's for what we view as opening night live right i think that's a good kind of measure of expectation of hey you might get maybe one or two really cool AAA announcements but then everything else might be filled in with either cool indies or cool updates right looking at the list from microsoft um you know all these games are games that I think we pretty much have the idea of what these games are or, you know, these games have already been out. But then also there's stuff like, you know, Lies of P, that's more of a low-key title, if you remember that is the... I don't like, remember it, and it just keeps making me think of the rental song Friends of P. Oh, okay, I can see that. No, Lies of P is a Pinocchio game. It's a Pinocchio Souls-like, essentially. And if you watch okay. the trailer, the trailer looks really cool. Um, but that's one that I'm down to see another trailer for, right? I think, I, sure. I think the last trailer was probably about a, a year or so ago. So, like, seeing another trailer and at an actual big event, if that can come with a release date or release window, I think that could be really exciting. But then also, you know, updates on things like Pentiment, right? Like an, another trailer for Pentiment or yeah. whatever is coming next for Microsoft Flight Simulator or Gunfire Reborn, right? Like, I think those are those are things that are enough for me to be moderately excited about the stream, right? Like, I'm excited to tune in to see, like, what they have to say about these games, but I'm also not, like, it's not Game Awards level. It's not, um, you know, Summer Game Fest kickoff level. I think it occupies this unique in-between space of, hey, no, this is just the step between to get us to the next thing, um, which is cool. Yeah, exactly. Who doesn't want to see updates before we get out of this, get into the, you know, the onslaught of games, and then get excited for 2023 with that their Game Awards. Exactly.
Final news story, story number six, Overwatch will stop selling loot boxes this month. This is Jordan Midler at Video Games Chronicle. Blizzard has announced that Overwatch loot boxes will no longer be available for sale as of the end of August. In a blog post detailing the Overwatch Anniversary Remix Volume 3 event, the company quietly revealed that loot boxes will no longer be on sale as of August 30th. Quote, loot boxes will no longer be available for sale after the end of the anniversary remix. It was everything I just said. End quote. <laughs> <laughs> this event is a way for players to finally acquire skins that have been difficult to obtain for pre in previous years or ex exclusive to certain challenges that are no longer available. Overwatch 2 will launch in early access on October 4th, 2022 as a free-to-play title. It'll include a, a new seasonal structure featuring battle passes and unlike the original game, it won't include loot boxes. Go ahead and go ahead and uh, pour one out if you're holding a drink. Just pour it on the floor for me. Or pour one out for the loot boxes. Rest in peace, loot boxes. What is that? Are you drinking coffee or is that tea? What is that? That was coffee. Coffee. You just I'll only drink tea if I'm sick. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm not a tea guy. You're not a big tea guy? No. Have you tried getting into like the different flavors of tea? Have you tried expanding the Yeah, the I've flavor? gone beyond like Earl Grey and stuff. I've gone, I've run okay. through the gamut. When I lived with uh, uh, Lucy, when Lucy lived with me and Jen, her and Jen like tea a lot, so I, I went around the block and had a bunch of stuff. Mm. But like, even when I'm sick, I'll even I'll like when I had COVID a couple weeks ago, it was just like give me hot water, lemon, and honey. Like I didn't even need. The you tea. just need something hot with taste. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't need the, the like. tea part of it. Yeah. But yeah, it's, I mean, for back to the news story, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> we're having too much fun with this show. I'll, I'll let you. This is a great episode. Great this is a great episode. Like we've had arguments, we've had fun, we've talked about lies of pee. It's been a good episode. Uh, but yeah, this is good, right? Like it's funny because Overwatch, I feel like, was the big coming out party for loot boxes, yeah. right? Overwatch came and then all of a sudden we were arguing real hard about Star Wars Battlefront 2 and all the other games that tried to to um include loot boxes in them, so much so that they became a controversial thing. And now you're seeing um even like I think the biggest offenders of loot boxes get rid of them, right? In the case of Well, Overwatch. especially because you know the reason they're doing this, right, is that Overwatch 2 won't have the loot boxes. So they need yeah. to get you to spend your loot box money or whatever before it's all over. Because I forget when they announced that months ago now, they talked about how they would eventually remove loot boxes, and then if you still had the currency or whatever, it would go into whatever the hell else it is. I'm like, yeah, exactly. Good on it. Get out of here. Loot boxes are silly. Like exactly. Everybody likes getting something. Yeah, there's the random roll excitement of it, but it actually, I think, takes away from it more than anything else. Like, even right now with, uh, you know, playing my faction in WWE 2K22, right? Like, I just want my fucking Stone Cold card. And so I keep going to the WrestleMania pack, and I keep opening it, and it's like, oh, Bianca Belair, who I love. But I'm just like, that's not what I wanted out of this. I wish I could just take the currency and give you the currency and get the Stone Cold card. Yeah, and I think people like actual progression and working towards something. And I think that works both ways, too, with how the modern battle pass systems work, where mm -hmm. I see that at level 15 in this game, I get access to the exact yeah. skin that I want. Cool. That is going to encourage you to play more. it, right? One, 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 1,000%. Uh, and so, yeah, bring in more battle passes. Get out of here with these loot boxes. Greg, I can't wait to see whatever the final game that includes loot boxes is. Is it Star Wars Battlefront 3? Is it Call of Duty Modern Warfare 5? We'll wait and see. For now, if I want to know where I can go to find out what's coming out today on Mama Grop Shops, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the kind of funny Games Daily show hosts each and every weekday. Yeah. Out today, we got Lost in Play for Switch and PC, Cleo, A Pirate's Tale for Switch, Tower of Fantasy for PC and mobile, and then Book Quest for Switch. Uh, we got one new deal of the day for you. Today is your last day to get Unrailed for free. <laughs> Unrailed. 
Dude, he's the last day to get unrailed for free on Epic Game Store. Anybody to get unrailed, I would have had to get railed, Blessing, let me tell you. Oh, man. I know what you mean, Greg. I know what you mean. Uh, get that on the Epic Game Store. Today's your final day. Uh, we got one squad up for you. Of course, you can run into patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can go get your sh- your qu- questions read on the show. Uh, write in with your squad ups, just like Jeffrey P. Long did. Jeffrey P. Long wrote in with a, with a squad up on Xbox and says... I need help on Power Wash Simulator. I'm near the end of the game, and the last few levels are just super time-consuming. If anyone wants to hop on and help me out a little, please add me, and we can make all of our power washing dreams come true. You can add Jeffrey P. Long. I assume just at Jeffrey P. Long. It just says his name here, and so Jeffrey space P space Long. Uh, add him on Xbox. Have fun power washing. Now it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong, rewrite in, let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong, so we can correct it for those watching later on YouTube and listening later on podcast services around the globe. We got just one from Kebabs who writes in and says, Splatoon 3's horde mode is called Salmon Run. Yeah. Salmon Run. Appreciate that. Kebabs. I have a question real quick. What's up, Greg? Barrett, I'm taking this seriously. I need you to know, right? I assume you're going to pick Arkham City. I'm, I'm right now hovering on Return to Arkham to download. Should I download that one? Yeah, return to return to Arkham. But that's you think you're you're gonna pick Arkham City for this battle? Yes. Okay, thank you. And I'll tell you what. We should watch the Spider-Man stuff, and you watch the Spider-Man trailer. You're like, that fucking looks good, and what a good time that game was. I'm looking over here, just fucking looking at some. Look at that, like on the PlayStation, they have little clips and shit. And you got Robin over here fighting some guy. I'm like, oh fuck, that was good too. That was a good time. Honestly, if we're doing this, I can't wait to jump back in. I am more of an Arkham Asylum person myself because I like the Metroidvania style of it, but mm. I'm down to hop into Arkham City. It's a very good game. I'm like Arkham Knight with that tank bus, you know what I mean? <laughs> Just fucking <laughs> driving that around all over the place. Get There's literally an entire game here. that isn't the fucking Batmobile, and it's great. That's all I remember. That's all I remember. I will Arkham concede Knight. that when you do stealth in the tank, that was bad. That yeah. I will concede yeah. on that. That's fair. That's fair. Tomorrow's hosts for Kind of Funny Games Daily are me and Tim. If you're watching this live on Twitch after this is Hitman 3 with Mike and Nick. If you want to catch that stream later, you can subscribe to youtube.com slash kindoffunnyplays. Remember, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames, we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, so stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, Game Daily.